Good evening, everybody. It is Monday, October 3rd, and it's time for 10 dozen minutes of stuff and things with Chicken Mr. Skullhead. How you doing, Chick? Pretty good. How you doing, Mr. Skullhead? Not bad at all. What have you been up to? Knocking over cans and whatnot. I've been knocking over cans. It's a, it's a full-time job now. You're trying to steal the prints of all the latest arty films? Yep. I'm trying to knock down all the uh, sexy women from the 20s. Mm-hmm. I'm knocking over the cans. See? That's what I'm doing. The the cans, that's what they called them? Well, the knocking them on their cans, I suppose. Okay. That dame had a nice set of cans. Exactly. I was never sure if those if that referred to T or A. Yeah. The cans. I, I don't I don't the cans, you know. The, I, the I think jokes. I've heard it uh, in a way that seemed to mean uh, the T, but uh not I I could also see getting knocked on your can. Your can the can is also the toilet. I think singular can is ass, and maybe uh, multiple cans are boobs. I mean, boobs are really like multiple asses, right? Well, if you look at the cleavage versus butt crack, sometimes you can't tell the difference. Well, right, but I mean, that, then that would be boobs is just one ass. But I'm saying boobs are like multiple asses because there's like a hole in the middle where stuff comes out. I see. That, that is exactly like an ass. So you, I guess, you, are you telling me that a thing with a hole in the middle where stuff comes out is not like an ass? That makes me a little bit uncomfortable about the next time I get soft serve ice cream. I mean, that's kind of like an ass that shits soft serve ice cream. <laughs> that's why I always get vanilla. I guess so that I know it's uh, so I know that that machine is like a boob and not like a butt. Yeah, you know this beer bottle? It has a hole in the middle where stuff comes out. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? How you been? Well, we did. Uh, Lots of outdoorsy stuff this weekend. Did? Like what? Went to the apple orchard, picked us some apples. It's uh, just like something that has to be done before it's properly fall. Is You, you know what I hate about the apple orchard is that, that it's just, it's a walled garden, you know? Yeah. Is that a you Michael Pollan kind of thing? Eat a lot of apples. We do when we go to the apple orchard, get them. Huh. <laughs> but... Yeah, so we get some uh, some apples, some apple cider. Then we have a party where people come over and drink apple cider. That'll be next weekend. Do you have apple cider vinegar? I don't... Uh, actually, apple cider vinegar is really good for catching flies. Way better than mm-hmm. honey. Cool. That's apparently uh, good for uh, chicken health. Huh. I was told to put some unfiltered uh, apple cider vinegar in my chicken water every once in a while. Is it uh, I think because that might just there be- are... Are there flies around your chickens that are doing bad things to them? That's probably it. Uh, man, I don't know. I think it's. I think it is probably one of those imaginary things where it's like, oh, you know, a problem that will go away on its own will also go away if you drink small amounts of diluted, uh, unfiltered apple cider vinegar. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things. Uh, so what other outdoorsy kind of stuff besides apple picking? We did the apple picking at an apple picking time. Uh, then we went to Ye Olde Renaissance Festival again yesterday. Nice. That was the last day of the season. Where you then threw the apples that you had picked the previous day, which had rotted in the in the in the nonce, uh, and uh, you threw them at people who insulted you. Uh, I don't have a nonce anymore. It uh, it burned out, and they're so expensive to replace. Yeah. Um, yeah. My problem with apples is that sometimes I'll buy uh, like two apples, and I'll eat one, and then the other one will go bad before I get around to eating it. Ah. Uh. Boo. 
Um, I can make an apple pie. I've never made an apple pie, but I like apple pie. I we bet have it's a pretty good made one. We have a good lock on uh, apple pie recipe. Jess has a thing, a dish that her mom had that has a really good recipe in it. So yeah, like an apple pie tin or ceramic. Yeah, it's a pie tin only it's ceramic, and it has a recipe for an apple pie on it that is pretty damn tasty. Uh, but I mean, is it is like step one? Put crust in this pan. Step two. Ah, fuck. <laughs> no. It you describes how to, well. It first. describes how to make the filling of the thing, and oh, okay. then after that, after you've made the filling, then you can just put the crust down on top, and hopefully remember how long to cook it is the only thing. Yeah, that's uh, that's more than I can remember in a sitting. I think, especially when I'm when I'm giddy with anticipation of eating some delicious apple pie. Right. Right. Um, I don't remember anything about this weekend. I went to a haunted house. Hmm. Uh, pretty serious haunted house. Uh, it was it was a haunted house with extremely high production values and not at all scary. Hmm. Is it another one that made you wish that you had one of your own? It does. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, so it turns out that we can acquire uh, Bed Bath and Beyond uh, near the office. Uh, but we are limited to acquiring the Bed Bath and Beyond and the Circuit City and the several other smaller stores that are uh, in the same plaza uh, by acquiring the entire plaza for eight million dollars. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, let's get uh, let's not get on that. Um, Should we start <sighs> with like a, an empty lot, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. One of these days, we need a we need to get a fucking venue. One of these days, it is going to have been cost effective to have bought a place to use for con and for whatnot. Um, you know, every time we, every time we scramble to find a place and deal with all their nonsense, and, you know, 12 us means working out great. We've already got a book for next year. Um, I think we already, uh, I think we already announced con dates for next year. I think it was posted. We did. So, yes, we did. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool, I guess. But yeah, I wish we had a place that we could do that in and not have to, like, it would it would spread out so much of what we have to do around Khan in a way that would make things run really smoothly, and then we could we could run the LARP whenever we wanted, instead of the worst possible day to run the LARP. Right. I don't know, man. Bunch of pipe dreams is what that is. Um, Maybe we should just um, get somebody to move out of one of the properties we already own. Just use that. Sure. None of them are big enough to have Con in. We could do the LARP in the office. We could tear one down. We could tear down the office and build a building that was the size of the entire lot. And then we could probably do Con in that. Ooh, yeah. And I'd, I'll bet nobody would mind at all. No, no. Just replacing replacing that house with just a big warehouse, like a corrugated tin uh, Kwanzaa hut. <laughs> um, you, know what I, you know what I found today, Mr. Scullet, that made me happy on so many levels? Uh was the uh, September 2011, uh, what I believe is the inaugural issue of the uh, Phoenix-based version of Nug Magazine. All right. Um, yeah, it turns out uh, somebody made a magazine that is pretty much what I would call a magazine if I were making up a magazine for stoners. <laughs> 
Um, it had some articles in it. It had a uh, it had a, uh, an ad inside the front cover, which is what I, why I picked it up and what I was looking for. Uh, an ad for a doctor uh, who will uh, who will give you a four twenty evaluation. Ah, oh, lovely. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I think I'll report back on what the process is like. I have a feeling it's gonna be like here's my hundred dollars. Thanks for the weed <laughs> card. Um, but who knows? Yeah, Nug Magazine. I think if I were making up a magazine, it would have been like Dank Nugs Monthly. Yeah, but that's going to appeal to a slightly higher quality of consumer, I feel. Yeah, I guess Nug is more more accessible. You know, it's it's more inclusive. Like Nug. It'd be like starting a porn magazine called Bosoms, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, maybe a certain a certain category of people would like it more if it were heaving bosoms or giant bosoms right. or milk laden bosoms or hairy dragon bosoms. Like dragging on the ground, or like from a dragon? From a dragon, ah. like attached to a dragon. Okay, well that makes sense. Or just maybe like a boob and a dragon. The boob with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what else happened. I did a, I did some podcasts since the last time we did a show. Yep, you do a lot of those. Uh, CD Moyer uh, has been around. We've been working and going to, going to all the restaurants and haunts that he hasn't been to. Uh, man, we went to a weird... So uh, the haunted house was kind of up, uh, up in North Phoenix in the middle of nowhere, uh, comparatively. And we wanted to grab a beer. Uh, with the people that we met at the haunted house, and so we uh, we looked on the we looked on the Yelp and found a bar that was nearby, which was uh, Shenanigans. Uh, so we we were expecting like a like a TGI Fridays kind of thing, right? Because isn't yeah. Shenanigans a chain that's like TGI Fridays? I didn't know Shenanigans actually existed. I thought that was one of the fake names that people did when they meant like TGI Fridays or Benigans. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah. Anyway, there's this bar called Shenanigans that we got to, and we were like, "Is this? Are we in the right place?" Uh, because there's a giant plaza that is all garages except for this bar that's in the middle of all of these garages, like like auto repair places. Hmm. And the sign out front is like, shenanigans, bar and grill, auto tinting, auto glass, auto repair, tire service. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, so we went in and... Uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of attention from the karaoke guy who was like, "You guys are by far the most unique crowd I have ever seen in this bar." He said, "I was I'm half expecting you guys to break out the pot and start painting the walls because that's apparently what we looked like we were about to do." You looked like hippies. A uh, bunch of artists, I guess, uh, is what yeah. he said. Like, yeah, which you know, there are there are less accurate characterizations of the of the group that we were with, I suppose, but. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was tempted to point out that uh, sir, things uh, things can't be more or less unique. Because <laughs> um, that's the kind of asshole I am that never shows up at this bar. It's like I keep expecting you to argue with me about minor points of grammar. Wes came back from the bathroom and said, "There is a uh, there's a pretty impressive cock and balls scratched into the wall above the urinal." So then we all went to look uh, together, and it was. It was, uh, no, no, just one at a time, as, as the need to urinate struck us. Yeah. Uh, um, he, he, he was like, it's, it's, it's really foreshortened. There was some, some thought put into it. Um, 
I don't know that that's true. I think it just accidentally ended up being a strange uh, cock and balls scratched in there, but it, like way bigger head than shaft, way bigger shaft than balls. So it was you know, kind it was of like, coming right at you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was as though it was coming right at you. It was. You know, it's like it's like you'd see on like a medieval tapestry where they were just starting to discover perspective. Oh right, I remember the tapestry that I saw that had the dick on it. It was it was primitive, but it was powerful. Yeah. You know, it is surprising how many dicks there are in everything that you look at. Yeah. At least everything that I look at, there's a lot of dicks in it. Because I'm mostly looking at my mouth. That's almost never true. Uh, what, what else? What else? What else is going on? We went to the data center today, and we removed a bunch of stuff. Uh, we we took the old uh, database servers out of the uh, rack, and boy, are those things fucking heavy. Um, are they? Luckily, the data center guys loaned us a cart uh, to carry the carry them to my car. And now they're, uh, we finally cleaned that old entertainment center out of the foyer of the office and then replaced it with these database servers. Um, so that's cool. Nothing ever stays clean. Uh, we took out the old non-functional KVM switches and about 500 feet of uh, keyboard and PS2 cables Yeah, uh, from the rack. So much cleaner, much more, uh, much more airy, a lot of, a lot of space, easier to have one guy on the back of the rack and one guy on the front of the rack and you can see each other. Can't really hear each other because of the deafening air conditioner, but uh, you know, you can you can make motions like push on this, lift up to try to get these stupid rails out of the side of the uh, the rack. <clears throat> but yeah, that shit was real heavy. <laughs> so what are uh, we doing with them? Are you making planters? Oh, I don't know, man. It, it there it's the kind of thing where it's like yeah. I don't know if you have this thing happen in your head that happens in my head a lot, which is that even stuff that I don't care about and that is of no use to me, I, I have a really hard time throwing it away because I am aware that it would be of significant use to someone. Uh-huh. And so I want to go to, if it is a minor amount of effort, I want to go to that effort to try to locate the person to whom the thing would be useful. Right. right? Um, which I feel like, you know, giving something to Goodwill, even if the Goodwill guy throws it away, at least you tried, right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but these things, I don't know, you know? I mean, they, they, they might be worth a grand or two to the right guy, right? Like, they might be providing, they might be the hardware that some company needs for some purpose, right? Might be able to get some money out of them. I know the, the place that I worked before I started uh, on KOL would buy it's servers from eBay that were, you know, used servers from, I think they really, they, they also got a lot of like, uh, uh, those expensive, uh, Herman, Herman Wook, uh, Norman Mailer Aeron chairs, hmm. <laughs> um, from like dot coms that failed yeah. as, as they did. Uh, but yeah, a lot of eBay, uh, eBay servers and then the servers would act all goofy and we would blame it on the fact that they came from eBay. Later I learned, nope. Uh, they suck because they're computers. And so is it... Uh, uh, they're so heavy, though. Putting them up for sale somewhere they have to ship them would suck balls. Yeah, it really would. It really would. This is like this is like hundreds and hundreds of dollars ship levels of weight. Yeah. Unless we could convince somebody. No, these are... Like, I mean, in a way, a database server is like a really big book. You should let me send this uh, book rate. Oh, yeah. Do, do a media mail. 
So there, there's media on this. There, there are media on this mail. Yeah, there are data, and the data uh, are are valuable. I feel you though. I, I have a hard time. Like when we bought our new TV, I had a hard time just tossing the old one out because it still works. It, you know, it's it was an old square one with the giant tube on the back and heavy and old, but it worked fine. And my father screamed at me in my head as I got rid of it. Yeah, what was he screaming? It's like, it's still good. It's still good. And it's not like a, you don't want a TV in the bedroom, right? No. And especially not that one. So it's not, it wasn't particularly useful. There's not any cable What you need in the to bedroom. do is keep having more kids so that each of them can get the hand-me-down televisions in their bedroom. Yeah, he is fucking never having a TV in his bedroom. Really? Yeah, I never did until I was old enough to masturbate. That's handy. So, you know, had something to masturbate I know what you used it for. I mean, even though it was old reruns of Mama's Family, it was all that was on. It was the only channel that I could get. That Vicky Lawrence, she's pretty hot under all that makeup. Yeah. I called her Vicky Lawrence. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's sexier if they're French. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't shave their armpits. Yeah, you don't think you don't think you want your kid to have a TV in his room? No, I think it's probably to his detriment to have one in his room. And like, I just don't see a need for it. He he wants he needs to read. Let him learn how to read and read. If he, you know, if by if five years from now a TV is still a thing that you play video games on, and he wants to play video games when you want to use the TV for something else, that's that's an advantage that I could see. Right. You know, I mean, I, I guess you he's probably not being raised with the awareness that, like, just turning on a TV and watching it is a thing that you do. Right. Right. It's it, like we it's sit not down like, and watch. Well, I want to watch. I want to watch Punky Brewster, but 60 minutes is on. So the only way that I can watch Punky Brewster is if I go into my parents room where the tiny TV is. Right. And watch it there. Right. Like that is never going to happen again to anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does your kid watch? I mean, you watch movies with your kid, right? Yeah, that's pretty much all he does. Like, he'll watch maybe an hour, hour and a half of TV a day that's either some Pixar movie or a couple episodes of Sesame Street or something. Yeah. Usually in the morning so that I can kind of curl up behind him and go back to sleep. Oh, that's it. adorable. See, if you had one, and if you had a TV in your bedroom, it'd be easier. You could actually be in bed while you're sleeping. Oh, we're watching shit on the laptop, you know. Oh. Oh. Are you going to let the kid have a computer in his room? Or are you just prohibiting him from ever masturbating? I... I'm glad that he's a boy. Because I'll feel better about him having a computer in his room. Right. You'll feel better about him having a webcam in his room, because you don't so much care how many people he shows his dick to... As much as you would care how many dicks your daughter saw. Yeah, well, like, sketchy 14-year-olds are, as a general rule, not going to be soliciting pictures of dicks. In the same way that sketchy 14-year-olds will constantly bombard, say, a 13- or 12-year-old girl for naked pictures. Yeah. Eh, who cares? Yeah, all I have to do is protect him from pedophiles. And by protect, I mean inform him. There are dudes out there who are totally sketchy and and don't show them you're drunk. Yep. 
Serious threat. Clear and present danger. Are you going to warn him about lightning too? Yep. I'm gonna. Go I'm gonna add that it never strikes twice, though. Yeah. No pedophile will ever fuck you twice. Right. They'll jerk off instead. I'm gonna show him happiness. You're used up. Yeah. Ah, uh, boy. Um. You don't think that 14 year old girls uh, troll 14 year old boys on the internet trying to get pictures of dicks? I don't know. I'd be kind of surprised. You might be sexist to suggest otherwise. I guess. Yeah, I yeah I I really feel for our friends who have the daughter who's like twelve and thirteen now and getting the attention from boys and just like your phone has a camera right? Don't take pictures of yourself. Did we have this talk yet? Yeah. Because <clears throat> I feel like just a uh, a tiny chisel and hammer taken to every lens. I think you just have to try and go for the the pictures that any picture that you send to somebody doesn't just magically go from your phone to theirs it goes through space and when it goes through space people can snag it I don't know if that I mean I feel like that is not by and large what happens that's a good thing to use to scare them because what you can't say is if you send a picture of your tits to this guy he is eventually going to show it to everyone on earth right you know which is the more likely thing right but yeah 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 no it goes through space there's a bunch of people hunched over uh consoles at the phone company just beating off to pictures of 13 year old girls uh you can say that it is entirely possible for someone to go and snag a picture that you send yep and that just having a picture like that of you on your phone is enough to make you a sexual like a sex offender which is serious bullshit, but it is. So yeah. I'm starting to see stories about that kind of thing being relaxed down to a sane level. That would be nice. Nope. Only on Boing Boing, which is uh, seems to only be covering Occupy Wall Street these days. Right. Well, nobody else is. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure who to hate more. It is weird to see like 750 people tried to cross this bridge and got arrested. And that's the top story on, like, Daily Cause or Huffington Post or whatever. And then nowhere else is it even anywhere. Like, not even down below the nip slip on Dancing with the Stars or whatever. It's a little strange. I have a hard time with that kind of... Like, I have a hard time with protesters when the protesters are smartasses, right? Because I feel like what they have down there is a bunch of cops who are kind of dicks because in order to be a cop you kind of have to be a dick and a bunch of people who are like waving their hands in the cop spaces saying I'm not touching you or breaking a law I'm not touching you or breaking a law and trying to provoke the cops into arresting them anyway sure but there are also cops who are pretty demonstrably walking up to people who aren't doing anything and macing them in the face yeah so. I mean not doing anything, though. I mean, they're protesting, right? Like, if yeah, but if we have a would... right to protest. Yeah, sure. And there's if all you're kinds being of a... there's if... all kinds of things that you got a right to do. That if you do them, you... I'm, I'm not. I am absolutely not defending a cop for just walking up to a group of protesters and macing them in the face, right? But like, what I am also not is even a little bit surprised that it's happening. Right. You know, that like there is a measure of risk that you take on by saying, 
hey, hey, check us out. It's a revolution, right? Because what what you are doing when you frame the thing that you're doing as a revolution is that you are making it real to some extent, right? And revolution is dangerous. Yeah. Revolutions are bloody, it you know? Is strange. And, it's strange to me that you get a bunch of Tea Party people together and half of them are carrying guns and they're talking about how the tree of liberty must be watered with the blood of tyrants and they don't get like maced in the face but the like tiny liberal chick with the peace sign like placard she's the one who gets maced in the face like the cops are always kind of brutal to liberal protesters in a way that they're not to conservatives it's it's strange is that the yeah. case or, or yes, it do, is. I mean, no, it so, is. How many, so how many conservative protesters are there is, is the question that I, that I have, right? I mean, and it, like, there are big groups of them, like the Tea Party rallies and whatnot. So, are, I mean, I guess the cops are always going to be conservative, right? Like cops are always going to be blue collar. Cops are always going to be undereducated. So, I mean, if... If the Tea Party protested in, like, I don't know, uh, Golden Gate Park in San Francisco, what do you what do you reckon would happen? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I would say that I would hazard a guess that they're not going to get maced and tear gassed and like kettled and rounded up and arrested in a, in a, in a way that the same, the sort of like same category of behavior of, of, so, I mean, like, I yeah. guess there's nothing to protest there. Right. Like, yeah, I'm saying like, do, do, do you feel that, do you feel that protest as a tool, like, like nonviolent protest as a tool is utilized equally by the left and the right? Because I feel like it is almost exclusively a tool of the left. Oh, the right already have everything. What do they got to protest? Well, it, it's the Tea Party rallies that give a good counterexample right now. Like, that is just a whole bunch of conservative people coming together to protest whatever the fuck they're angry about. And it is true that their rhetoric is can be violent. They're armed. They're, you know, shouting and waving their signs. They're in a public space. And yet, I don't know. Like, you wear the wrong t-shirt to, uh protest against George Bush and you get arrested when he was president, you wear a gun to an Obama rally and talk about watering the tree of tyranny or, you know, with the blood of tyrants or whatever, and nothing. It's a little bit strange. Yeah. I, I guess it's not strange. I mean, neither of those like, things is any more illegal than the other, I right? Am, so it, I am shocked, shocked that police are more likely to harass somebody who has political beliefs they probably don't agree with. Yeah, uh, well, you know, there you go. It's hard. Like the so a lot of these protesters on Wall Street are douches, and a lot of what they're doing is entirely pointless. But that doesn't give that doesn't excuse the brutality that we're seeing from the police. Right. I mean, you know what I what I think they could do that in the in the short term that would be significantly more effective is uh, they could like say. Uh, become they could try to get jobs as cops right right like i you know i doubt if they will because i i doubt if in general a, a guy who's gonna go out there and fuck with a cop until he gets maced would be willing to actually risk his life for his job 
you know, the, the way that say what you will about a cop who's an asshole, like does all the time. And you can, you can, it is not hard to imagine why that cop gets a little grouchy about shit like that. You know, like, yeah, boy, the videos that I've seen were not, didn't involve people taunting cops though. No, they involved yeah, I, like, you know, it, there's one particular it, cop that there are a couple yeah, of videos of no, him I, with a, with just, I, I, it's always women and they're always not even facing him. And he grabs hair, yanks him around. Uh, like, one, he just jogs by a group of protesters and just fucking maces them as he runs. Sure, and, and five videos of one dude are not, are, you know, that that's not a general a generalizable thing, I don't think. Well, I, know you how, right? I know how you feel about police officers, and I don't disagree. Like, I'm not saying motherfuck the police. I'm saying there's some serious shit going down. Sure, that, sure, sure. That's hard to excuse. Right, but I, you know, I, I, th- I think that you have to acknowledge that the media that you consume as a reflection of this kind of stuff is probably pretty biased, right? Like, Boing Boing is only going to find the, the things that will cause the most outrage. Uh, you know what I read today was a big, uh, a big uh, Metafilter comments argument about how, uh, how ridiculous it is or how like sort of offensive and obscene it is that people are criticizing that uh, that uh, Chris whoever oh, the, Chris Christie for, for being, being fat for being for being fat yeah right. um, that, that devolved in I love I love reading Metafilter articles about certain things uh, and and obesity is one of them because it's just a bunch of people saying like well well you know obesity is bad for you and there's a bunch of people saying how dare you. Yeah, here's a study that shows that fat people are just as healthy as skinny people. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah you know. I guess, like, <sighs> we're, we're headed... We're trying to get to a place where it's not okay to make fun of anybody for any reason. And maybe that's a noble goal, but it is kind of irritating. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me? I can't even make fun of that gay fat dude for being fat? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... You know, like being mean to people sucks, right? And it, yeah. it, it, you know, like there probably always been kids that, like, you know, a certain percentage of them are gonna be so distraught by people constantly and relentlessly making fun of them for whatever reason that they commit suicide tragically. Sure. And it's just like now that you hear about it every single time that it happens, it's easy to. It's easy to get some real, uh, real serious emotional heft behind your arguments about how, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it was surprising to me. There was a, like, a furry video that was on Boing Boing, and the comments were all, "Why well, I've never heard anybody make fun of furries. Well, I can't imagine what kind of a douchebag would make fun of somebody who just has a different sexuality than their own. And there, there wasn't a single person going, well, you know, like, Furries are kind of lame, but <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, it was someday, someday, Mister Skullhead, the just the passage of time, the mere passage of time, the way that you know, the way that twenty years turns a liberal into a conservative. Someday, people are going to look at the stuff that we've done in KOL and think, "My God." The times must have been so terrible that they lived in that they were able to say this stuff without getting in trouble for it. Well, yeah, we're going to be the grandpa, like, the grandpa now who's talking about how 
he can't get used to there being Negroes in his neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be those guys. And we're like, oh, but come on, guys, seriously, fucking furries. That's not even a real thing. And they'll go, that's what they said about gay people ten years yep. before. Like, yeah, I know, but fucking furries, man. If you can't make fun of furries, what can you do? Yeah. I just have sex with them. That's I think true. they call it thing. Oh, yiffing. I've never yiffed. Maybe I should try it. Uh, see, I think what's worse is the uh, what's worse is the uh, out of touch embracing of a thing like that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's read some forum questions. Light Wolf writes: Have you started laying the plans for Boris Yarlsberg's Sneaky Pete Avatar Challenge paths you were talking about? Any new thoughts about how you would implement this? Will we see the first one uh, by this coming winter or spring challenge seasons? No. Uh, the The next challenge path is going to be the thing that this item of the month was going to be. Um. But that we wanted to, we wanted to dedicate a little more uh, time and energy to. That I wanted to dedicate a little more time and energy to. Um, Side of the month shaped up. You guys, you guys did some fucking work on that. That was awesome. Yeah, we draw, we knocked that out. That All our programming and shit. All our program. I wrote, I wrote, I designed a programming language so simple that even a writer can understand it. Two writers can understand it and write some fucking codes. Yeah, boy. Every time you say that, I die a little inside. You know that. Right? Oh, come on! It's a joke. It's a joke. You did it's some. A, you did all a, kinds of stuff like that. You 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 made that PHS adventure in whatever that adventure game creator thing was. Yeah, yeah. You're you're a fucking smart guy. You you're you uh, your own self doubt undercuts you in in stuff like that more than me making fun of you for it does. Uh, it it's helping to be doing stuff like that and go. God, I can't design a little maze. I need Rift to give me the maze, and then I will fill in the writing. Like, eh, fuck it. I'll just put it together, and if it's yeah. if it's not any good, then that you know whatever. And it worked. I was playing with it today. I was like, I don't what it, I was just as I was trying to test it, go going through all the terminals. I was like, man, I actually need to read this and figure it out. So then I did. I was like, ah, cool. Yeah. I totally. Uh, there's a, there's a node in uh, there's a node in your maze labeled skanks. And you were like, ah, oh, I know where I am now. Yep, I'm I'm here with the skanks. Uh, I don't have any particular plans. Uh, it is it's going to be interesting to see. So like this, the, the the new challenge path that we're doing, I like, I think I can talk about the mechanics of it a little bit without being spoilery at all. This is going to be the first one that kind of operates like a new class. And so in making this one, we're going to have to put some frameworks in place. Uh, to do that, and then I'll have a better idea of like what you know, what kind of things I need to deal with in order to make it fun, and you know what kind of skills need to be available to do. Because I think what I want is for it to be a new class that you play, and maybe there's some mechanism for perming skills within those challenge runs of that class that doesn't cost karma, um, but that you don't get access to your other permed skills. That that every new class is going to be like a Batman kind of thing, or not, not you know every challenge path. That is a new kind of thing is going to be sort of Batmany, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see if that's a thing that people like, or if yeah. they, or if they would, you know, it, you know, you don't have to do the challenge path, but if it's if it ends up being like a less popular challenge path than the ones where it's like, well, take all your perm skills in and deal with these extra restrictions or extra content or whatever, deal with this extra content. Uh, the Gap in the Plot says, Dear you guys, what is your opinion on time travel? I don't know. Uh, ask me again yesterday. Oh. I know that we never think about the future. That's something that we're just not into. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, and then he says, in your previous show, you talked about wondering what kind of revenue system the new word game will have. Have you considered something similar to Team Fortress 2's shop? Basically, the TF2 shop is the only way Valve still makes money off of Team Fortress 2, and they make a ton of it. They sell items that you can also get simply by playing the game, some of them useful, some of them cosmetic. Be similar to, say, selling plexiglass items for two bucks a piece or tattoos. In TF2, cosmetic items tend to be more expensive. <coughs> ah, frog in my bronchus. Uh, this would combine the idea of viable item of the month with simply new content. Imagine Ascension rolling out, you can now buy Ascension rewards, meaning regular game updates create an income. Eh. I don't like the sort of nickel and diming feeling that I get from most free-to-play. I'm not saying that like Valve's model is bad there, right? But the items that they release for Team Fortress 2 are also, I have to imagine, apart from the cosmetic ones, really difficult to design because they are all... Somebody, when I was playing Team Fortress 2 as the video games hot dog uh, assignment and we were playing with some of the some of the listeners in that private server, they were explaining a lot about it to me. And it seems like a lot of them operate the way the talismans and Twilight Heroes work, which is that they convey both an advantage and a disadvantage. Like, you'll get a gun that like lets you move faster but do less damage when you shoot or whatever. And so they... They probably do a lot of A-B testing because uh, uh, they can, right, across across a bunch of games to balance them via metrics in terms of, like, how much of a difference this is going to make. But their goal is for it to make zero difference, right? Um, and I don't think that I would want to have to deal with that being the primary way in which this content get built, right? because that's fucking hard. Yeah. Right, and it's and it's restrictive in, in what you can do too. I found the item stuff in Team Fortress Two to be really confusing. Like the thing about Team Fortress Two, like one of the great things about the design was that like they got these like silhouettes of these dudes, so you can immediately identify what kind of dude you're squaring off against. And the items made that like like oh, so this is a guy with a giant tiki mask and a sword. Which <laughs> class has the tiki mask and the sword? Oh wait, I don't fucking know. Like I, because I memorized the hundreds and hundreds of different items that now completely jack up your silhouette. So uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think that we're gonna have any trouble coming up with a revenue model for the word game MMO because I think we'll, you know, yeah. we either end up doing something similar to KOL or we end up doing something different. But you know, either way, I've I've got faith in our ability to produce a quality product that people will want to give us money for. I actually tried Team Fortress Two for a good twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the uh, tutorial. Oh, yeah. And then stage two of the tutorial was, all right, now you're going to be in a match against some bots that shoot back. And it's like, I'm going to fail really hard over and over and over and over again. Yep, that was what happened to me, too. I did have fun playing with a bunch of people who were inclined to be nice to me. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I don't know how to manufacture that. Apart from have logged on that one day that we were playing. I think I just need the, uh, I need a controller for it. I'm way, way more console than WASD, so. See, that's, that's weird, because I remember you having, you know, like in the Omegathon when you were, uh, did you guys know, listeners, that Mr. Skullhead was one of the first Omeganauts? Right. At PAX, at the first PAX he got selected. Um... that you the halo section of that was basically where you were just like yep that's as far as i was gonna get yeah since then i've done a lot of fps stuff though but on the xbox 
Yeah, I've never been able to get used to moving with twin sticks. Like, Wazdy and Mouse is just the way that I learned how to play first-person shooters, and I've never never been able to do shit with a controller. I think it was it was less the moving. Like, that is decently okay. But switching between weapons and stuff? Yeah. Mm. I don't know why. So, like, you hit the button to select the weapon, and then you have to click the mouse, too? And it just takes forever to switch weapons. You can also... Ooh, there's keys. Yeah. I think, right? There's, like... There, you can hit Q to really quickly switch back and forth between two weapons. Yeah. Which is what I ended up using most of it. You know, honestly, I never switched weapons because I always, like... I was like, oh, there's a guy. I better switch to the... Oh, I'm dead. And so, I think that I could do it if it was just... A is your shotgun, X is your crowbar, Y is your flamethrower, B is your haddock. You know, the, if there were just different weapons, different buttons that would just automatically switch to the weapon and fire. Mm-hmm. It's funny because one of the classes can get a fish huh. that you use as a melee weapon. Is it a fried haddock? I don't know. To let slip the dogs of war? <clears throat> Uh, Zito writes, The hippie slash frat war enemies drop items that redeem for one, three, and five units of currency. Why is it that the ones that redeem for three dimes slash nickels are the rarest? Any particular reason? Oh, just bad balance. Uh, does anybody actually use any of the stuff that's for sale in those shops? Like any of the gear and stuff that we did? Or did we just spend a lot of time filling in a, a set of things that might as well have just been one item with a much simpler trade-in mechanism. I never have a sense. Yeah, I don't know. Let us know. Won't you? Yeah. I would like to know how people feel about that. Uh, let's see. Question one says, Metal Mickey, how about a back to the future or forward to the past path where the player must accept quests from existing NPCs or new ones to convert a meat car into a time machine? Then you're asked to test it and get sent back to the pre-NS-13 kingdom. This would show new players how the game used to be and could even mean old skills like lunch mac could be permed. There could be extra quests to allow you to get back to your own time. There, That would be impossible to do. Like, people wanting, like, NS-11 as a challenge path, like, it, it cannot happen. It would be so much additional work like it would be it would take us months to even like if we just had a new set of servers and we were like alright we're doing an NS11 server that you can go make an account on it would be months of work I think to reconstruct that and make it work right yeah and it would be a whole lot of looking at the KOL wiki looking at oh, yeah. to see you Question two. How often are make a KOL slash new content ideas like the above actually implemented? If it's happened on more than a few rare occasions, could a list of some sort be put on the forums, please? Large-scale suggestions like that, almost never. Uh, if not, totally never. Yeah. Um, the things, the player suggestions that we are the most likely to actually implement is if somebody has a single sentence that's like, oh man, you guys totally should have done a this, and then it's just some obvious joke that we miss, and we're like, oh yeah, we totally should have, and so we put it in there as a thing, right? Uh, let's see. As a preface, says Chilled, I'll be marking this question on how well you both do your, quote, best, quote, British accents answering it. Having said that, uh, you said you made the in-game ores based on things you'd never dig for, but then Asbestos and Chrome turned out to actually be things you mined. Now, Asbestos was a surprise to me too, but where on earth did you think Chrome came from? I thought that I did not realize that chrome was a metal ever I don't think like and I guess it makes sense that it's like a it's like a plating 
and you plate things with metal. But I think that I thought maybe it was like plastic, like that it was just some some thing that was manufactured and then put on the outside of metal to make it shiny. I thought it was some kind of alloy. I didn't... I knew that there was an element called chromium, but I didn't imagine that you would actually cover something with chromium. Oh, yeah? To chrome it. I thought, yeah, I thought it was some kind of ally. Uh, alloy, or ally. See, I wasn't going to do a fake British accent. How's my fake British accent, Clyde? I was talking about this. Uh, I think this haunted house... Uh, so... You can probably shed some light on this, Mr. Skullhead. I don't know if we've had this conversation before, but Renfair people, fake British accents, just fucking everywhere. Kind of makes sense, I guess, because, you know, it's all yieldy everything right. there. Haunted house people, why? Is it because they're the same people? And is it because when they get into the, oh, I'm putting on a show for people, uh, they are also in the, I'm, I'm talking with a fake British accent? I think there is a lot of overla- overlap, yeah. Why fake British accents in theater kids? Because British people are interesting. I don't know. We did it in high school because we were getting into Monty Python. Right. They were. We just thought they were brilliant and everything they said was funny. And, I, you know, theater kids today are discovering Eddie Izzard, too. And so mm-hmm. just all this funny stuff, these these great performances are British accent, so you just kind of, you hope you can be cool by association. And, I mean, it, yeah, I still don't really understand it, right? Because it's, it's not like you only get that kind of entertainment. It's not like you only get nerd stuff out of Britain, right? Sure. I mean, is it that the only because you don't like watch the news or, you know, Britain's got talent or whatever? I mean, maybe you do if you're a theater kid, but you don't you aren't exposed to the same breadth of culture being delivered with British accents as you are culture being delivered without British accents. Yeah, but you're ignoring that culture. You're watching Doctor Who and Monty Python and Red Dwarf. Right. But I feel like you're also only watching the American shows that you like. Right. Sure. But, so you know, why? everybody talks like that. I think part of being a theater kid is constantly trying to find something that makes you special. But why is it always the exact same thing? Well, why is it always the fake British accent? That's, that's really what cool I'm trying to get with, at, right? like, with British accents, and you try to emulate them. And because nobody at your school has a British accent, right? Except, except maybe one person that, that you think is totally cool and you want to copy. So, you know, it's a thing that happens. I don't know. I mean, there isn't anything else like that. It's just, it's, ugh, God. And it's like getting over that. The the point at which you stop fucking doing that is like what separates the people who adjust to society and start getting laid from the people who stay that way, right? Well, they get laid. They just get laid within that group. They get laid like crazy. That's what we were confused about when we were... You know, when people make fun of virgin nerds, they're confused about, you know, we don't see them having any sex with normal people, but, you know, like, Renfair is a fuckfest. The Society for Creative Anachronisms is a fuckfest. It just, oh, yeah. you know, anime conventions are fuckfests. Dragon Con is just a hotbed of nerd love. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. KOL Con. A whole lot of people getting laid at KOL Con. 
Are there a lot of people getting laid at KOLCon? Yep. Because I feel like you always hear about like one or two. Maybe you only hear about the surprising ones. Sure. Maybe there's just a lot of it happening behind closed doors that people aren't going on and on and about. Yeah. Fake British accents in this fucking haunted house, man. It's like, oh, okay, so we're in a British uh, house. Now we're in a British asylum. We're in an English countryside uh, (laughs) mad scientist's uh, house. They're just bad. They play like you're. You're always playing the same character. Why? I know. I'm with you. I think it's kind of lame. I just. I wish I understood it better because it seems like a thing that just feeds on itself. I don't, I don't know, know, man. We did it. There was the Monty Python and Shakespeare. Like we had just discovered Shakespeare, and Shakespeare is totally awesome, and he has all these insults that you can. You can insult people and they won't even know you're insulting them. And yeah, it's the best poetry I've ever heard because I haven't heard any poetry at all. And it's British, you know, so you, you do it with a British accent. And none of us. Yeah, no oh, man. They I feel like re- when I'm reading uh, when I'm reading some Samuel Taylor Coleridge, he was a British fella. I don't think of that poetry as having. But a you're British not accent. a theater nerd, though. Yeah, I'm not. You don't know how those minds work. I do. I do. Yeah, yeah. Governor. Yeah. Well, we got a... Uh, that was funny. <laughs> Alright, hope that answers your question, chillled. Chicklid. Uh, says uh, Wait, no. What? No. Yeah, never mind. Ah, uh, god damn it. So many people chattering in this thread. Chattering. Uh, Jehuzdui says, To be fair, they said that MC Frontalot gave them a really super detailed design doc and they turned it down. No, we didn't. We totally implemented it. Yep, it took we, a, it his, took like two or three years though until we came yeah, up with a like a mechanism for delivering modular content. Yeah, and we and we also his thing was like, all right, this is how this works. Now you guys fill in all the writing and stuff, right? So yeah. you know, it's like. Uh, Metchild says, from what I recall of past radio shows, make a KOL ideas are rarely implemented because either one, they're so bad, the powers that be don't want to use them, or two, they're so good, the powers that be would feel bad ripping them off. I don't know about that. I mean, the, the problem with good ideas is that there are too many of them compared to the amount of time that there is to implement shit. Right. You know? Like, we, we are not going to be like, oh, this is a great idea that somebody had for like this giant new thing because there are always ten unfinished giant things that are our ideas that we want to work on. Oh, some of them we've that, rolled out ninety percent of them. Yeah, that pile uh, that pile only ever gets bigger. You know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Pokemon says, so let's imagine for a minute that for some strange reason the whole crew will be together in the same town at the end of October. Of course, this could only mean one thing: massive costume party. But there's a catch. Each person's outfit is picked by the rest of the gang instead of themselves. So, what costume does everyone get? I think we can all agree that Kevin ends up dressed as some kind of woman. You think? Yeah, I think so. What kind of woman? Because somebody's got to do drag, and he's honestly the most woman-like of us. Is he? Yeah, I mean, you've got, you got the bigger, hair, but... you got bigger tits. <laughs> oh! oh! Yeah. Uh, yeah, there are no women. Uh, well, I mean, I guess Elfrian works. Right. Works for a standard capacity, right? So that's the only woman left. Um, yeah, what happened? We became such a sexist company. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Riff 
uh, Violet Beauregard. Let's just all be women. So Riff is oh, Violet okay. Beauregard hmm. from from in the Blueberry scene. Yeah, I think uh, you would have to be Jennifer Connelly from Labyrinth. Okay, that's not fair, Mr. Yeah. Scully. That's not fair. You say that a lot. I wonder what your basis for comparison is. Yeah, say that in a British accent, and then I'll understand. <laughs> oh. Oh man, I don't even know. I don't know. You'd, oh, you're uh, Grace Jones from Conan the Destroyer. <laughs> I can rock that. Yep. If I'm going to be oh. a bald black woman, I'd rather be the lady from First Contact. But you know, I don't. Oh, get yeah. a, I don't get to say. Yeah, it's true. You don't. You don't get to pick it yourself. Um, <clears throat> so you can just freak out when you see space. Yeah, and I can be like. You're like Captain Ahab and the Borg of your dick. Mo- Moby. Dick. Moby. James 1011R says, Will there be a neon milkshake? A neon milkshake could be obtained by cooking a fluorescent light bulb in a glass of goat's milk. What is a neon milkshake? Is that another thing like the corned beefadon that somebody just came up with and everybody thought was hilarious for some reason? Nope. I don't know. Or is it a reference to something that I don't understand? I don't know. I guess that I remember seeing a familiar or a familiar a forum thread that said something about a neon milkshake. Let's try to figure out what. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, needs a that. neon milkshake. Forums of loathing. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that was the first Google result. Oh, you you, you Googled that, yeah. So it must be, it must be an internal meme. Uh, well, let's see. Play Havoc says, when, if ever, will we have an expansion pack for Alice's Army? Dude, I don't know. Uh, I'm hearing that nobody ever plays Alice's Army anymore. Uh, and I, th- I think they would if there were an expansion pack it just there are so many other things it's one yeah. of those that I will occasionally push for but I can't do anything about it but push and too yeah. much pushing pisses people off so uh, Play Havoc also writes is it safe to change my password back to what it was nope never um, Dog Delusion says I have two quasi related questions one are there any parts of the game the players think have been thoroughly spaded, but in fact have not? Undocumented, super-secret encounters, items, areas, etc.? A simple yes or no is sufficient if you don't care to elaborate. <clears throat> Nothing serious that I'm aware of is lying undiscovered at this point. Uh, number two, have you ever considered going back to a thoroughly explored part of the game and unannounced adding new content? For example, retroactively adding new sailing coordinates to set an open course or creating new options for complete gold quests, receiving new and exciting rewards, kind of like when people figured out how to get the was name. I only ask because I love this game and I love that the game world is always growing, sometimes in ways and directions that take players a while to figure out or the result in concerted efforts being made towards discovering new content. Keep up the good work and get to work on that new seeds packet. Yeah, it's December, right? You, you've got a plan. Yeah, I suggested least, December, uh, but you had a November plan. So we'll have to, yeah. we'll have to okay, talk. We could, yeah. I think I like your idea better. Mine is boring. Yours is, yours is potentially less boring thematically. Although I think both of our ideas are just the name of it. Unless your idea is yep. more developed. <laughs> nope. I need, to, uh, I need to write a crimbo. Yeah, you do. Jeez. Oh, howdy. Let me finish painting the back of my house, and then I'll write us a crimbo. You gotta be thinking while you're painting. That way it counts as work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no. Galapagos James, so. Oh, boy, oh, boy, says Casey Wiederman. Am I ever excited about Word Realms and would friggin' love for it to launch into an MMO? My posse, it is ready. Yeah. My posse is ready for you, too, Casey Wiederman. 
Uh, Baron says, can we get some sort of visible recognition of ownership of Pumpkin Patch slash VIP slash Pen Pal, possibly on the skills list? Uh, we do need that, huh? Hmm. I mean, the, the ownership of the VIP is it being in your inventory, right? Like, you don't hmm. need... You don't need recognition of ownership of a bottle rocket crossbow. Right? Like, uh, how much silly putty do I need to sleep on to copy my dreams? Said underscore Boz. I don't know what that forum icon is, uh, but I like it. It's uh, it's like the opposite of the spider eyes. As far as how much we like them. Oh yeah, we don't like the spider eyes, huh? Uh, let's see. People's mailbox heads suggesting particular things for the mall store and things. <laughs> and uh, cognitive disco dance says, "My question is inspired by a recent interview with Jonathan Blow. Valve are well known for playtesting the heck out of their games, even going so far as to hook up eye tracking cameras, skin conductance meters, and EEGs to players to see how they react to the game. At another extreme, Notch of Minecraft fame seems to mostly playtest by seeing if it feels right to him and hope that agile development will fix issues later on. Could you talk a bit about KOL's playtesting practice and philosophy and what you think about the Valve slash Minecraft approaches? Do you think having a game that is based strongly on being funny has an impact on the playtesting?" I mean, it does make it so we can't... You can't really test for how somebody's going to react to it on repeat play as easily, right? Because you're never going to you're never gonna match the sort of uh, enjoyment of the first time you've seen it. You know, we, we have a hybrid of those things. We don't... We develop stuff, and then the dev team, you know, plays through it. Sometimes. Sometimes we roll stuff out without really submitting it to them for testing so that they can enjoy it as players yeah. too. Because, um, you know, at, at some point, you know, we, we need them to be interested in and dedicated to the game and seeing behind the curtains all the time makes it easy to get kind of get kind of jaded, you know, and playing through new content starts to feel like punching a clock. We don't want that to happen. Um, you know, I, I don't know... Like, both... Valve games and Minecraft are so awesome and for such different reasons, but also for some of the same reasons that I, I think this just indicates that there's not necessarily a right reason, you know, a right way to do it. Like, when Valve is spending millions, if not tens of millions of dollars developing a, a single game and the years that it takes for them to put anything together, it makes maybe a little more sense for them to agonize over particular things and do a lot of user testing to... I don't know, but the EEG feedback seems a little creepy. Right. But, you know, if it works for them in creating these experiences, then it works for them. Minecraft, not as much anymore, but in the past, it had such a rapid development cycle that like, oh, sorry, I did this thing, turned out to be unpopular. Never mind, we're going to undo it, and it's not going to take very long to roll out that change. I like it when they do stuff like that. Um, I would be a lot happy. I'm, I'm starting to understand, as a Minecraft player, I'm starting to understand, like, as I see them go through the same sort of process that we went through, why people were really excited about the, like, Tuesday updates, but why it's more satisfying once you have not even more satisfying, just more... Like, once you have such a bulk of stuff and a bulk of expectations to manage and so many people playing and invested in the stuff that you're doing, you can't... You can't do your changes in these little tiny bite-sized bits anymore. Yeah. Because, like, 
the more complicated the overall system gets, the larger the sort of penalty for failure of a thoughtless change is. Um, we're lucky in that regard because we can put in new stuff that's not going to fuck everything else up. You know, we, 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 it's hard, I think, anymore to get away with changing the sort of fundamental rules of the way things work unless that change makes the play experience sort of like numerically more favorable for the players. Just so that there's no way for anyone to complain about it except on a very abstract and sort of academic level. Like, you can complain that the game is getting too easy, right? But like, you know, we made a, I made a fairly fundamental change to the way that like elemental resistance works and it, nobody was going to complain about that because all it did was make it so they take less damage if they've got some elemental resistance on, right? So, you know, I don't know. I I almost never actually play through the stuff that I've made, you know, which is a little weird. Like, I, I guess that's not true. In in the quest revamps that I've been doing as I go through, I've been playing it just like, all right, I'm just going to play this and see what it's like. Uh, but a lot of the time it's hard for me to see what it's going to be like because I will play through it. And then if I don't, like, reset the counters on how many turns I've spent in a zone or whatever, like, it'll be like, oh, okay, so now I'm just going to pretend that I spent 10 turns here. And then got this non-combat or whatever. Yeah, I, you know. I tend to um, like. I was trying to play through some of the alien quest from this this June's item of the month, but I was testing it to begin with, and so my flags got all fucked up, and I didn't want to ascend and start over, and couldn't figure how to clear the thing. So you know, I wanted. Yeah. I, I, I prefer to experience things the way that the player base does. But I yeah, it's I also not, don't have the it's not always super possible. Like in uh, another thing that I will tend to do on these quest revamps is like there, I have a button or a link that you can hit on dev to reset the quest. Yeah, which is always works great for a while, but then as I fix stuff and change stuff, that button slowly gets out of date, and so yeah. it doesn't actually get rid of the right flags and stuff. Uh, you want to take a little break? Sure. You're back in a little bit. Okay. Uh, Fifteen minutes, and we're back. We're back. Hey, how's it going? We're back. You know what I didn't do over that break is get me another beer. That oh one. no! I have some of this beer left. It'll last. I haven't started drinking yet <clears throat> tonight. Huh. I got an item of the month to roll out after this, and then uh, mm. and then some food to eat. Uh, let's see. Ashton writes. So I got a copy of Cargo Noir this weekend, and I really love it. Great game. Yeah, I ended up uh, I ended up picking it up, and it's been getting played quite a bit around the house. I've only played it once, uh, but uh, it's been it's been making the rounds. That's good. That was the, <clears throat> also, that was the one that I wasn't sure. Like it played really well, but I wasn't sure if it would just always play the same. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's uh, it varies a lot be- where the based on the distribution and where the pieces get out there, right? Because if you got two people that are going for sort of the same strategy, then you're going to have ports in contention and stuff. Like, it's a cool game. I, I would I would recommend it. I like it. I think there are enough different ways to play it that it's it's like it is pretty replayable. And it, it goes pretty fast too once you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he says, I picked up a copy of Elder Signs. It's surprisingly interesting. Faster than Ark of Horror in theory. Yeah, I got uh, Riff Elder Signs for Christmas. Uh, have you looked at that at all? No, I haven't heard of that. Um, it is like Fantasy Flight continuing to try to simplify Arkham Horror 
and simplify it and simplify it and simplify it until they've made a mass market game, uh-huh. I think. Um, and they just can't do it. They cannot do it. They're uh, like Arkham, uh, like Elder Sign is pretty simple. It's like a dice. It's a sort of a dice based uh, Arkham Horror. Oh, as is Arkham Horror. Yeah. Except, well, the the uh, okay. I guess in a certain way, right? Like this is sort of trying to roll specific things on specific dice uh, that you you need, and there's a lot of like saving dice and re-rolling uh, kind of stuff going on. It's 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 way it's more gambly. Yeah. Um, we played it once uh, with me and Nightmare and Riv, and just got our shit raped by uh, uh, who has the masks? Is it Nyarlathotep? Uh, could be. Um, and then they, he said they played it again and did a much better job. Like it was, it went faster, and they they actually beat the bad guy. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. They made a lot of weird choices with like completely fucking illegible fonts on things huh. mostly on the flavor text which just makes it so I end up skipping the flavor text which sucks um, so many little counters and stuff and it's like once you start playing it like you understand why they did the things that they did but it's like you couldn't have you couldn't have just simplified it a couple more steps like Mansions of Madness should have been way simpler than Arkham Horror but it just kind of wasn't they just can't you know? Like there, there's something in them that will not let them do it. Yeah, it's those whispers, whispers in darkness in their heads. Oh, speaking of games, though, that Quarriers game is on sale at Amazon for thirty-eight bucks instead of fifty-five. Huh. I played it once, and on the strength of that game, I don't think that I would buy it. Hmm. Have um, you seen King of Tokyo yet? I watched a video about it and decided not to buy it. Because it didn't seem like there was enough there. Hmm. Like, it seems like a game that you could just as easily play with five dice and a piece of paper, you know? Which doesn't mean that I shouldn't buy it, I guess. Because I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't play it. Right? But but it's... There was not... It didn't seem to be a lot... (coughs) There did not seem to be a lot going on in King of Tokyo. Like... There was no, like, board that you were moving around on, you know? It was like... I don't know. I've been watching some videos on Board Game Geek, and the highest rated ones are often really painful to watch. People being real funny, and, uh, I don't know, talking in funny voices while they're describing... How are their accents? Mm. Uh, let's see... Uh, Florin is uh, answering on our behalf uh, sort of incorrectly about the Mr. Card Game thing. He says that was, uh, there's some kind of licensing contract law issue, so it'll be around a year before they are willing to talk about the card game. They did think it was fun and would love to sell it in the KOL store. That is not, that is not really true. Um, it might take a year before we're able to sell it. Um, but pro- probably not. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um... Mr. Crack says, since that's going to be my birthday, why not grant me a wish? I would love the next clan dungeon to be released. Pretty please? Uh, October 3rd, you must be talking about. Happy birthday, Mr. Crack. I'll see what we can do. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and then he says something that's mean to people in a follow-up post. Awesome. Uh Thanks, Mr. Crack. Uh, 
top 12, 14 says, oh man, I love the Yuletide stories. The guy made a bee's backstory is still one of my favorites. Any chance of an expansion slash extension slash new story to explain bees hate you? You, your plan was always to like rotate those stories out and write some more when it came around. Sure. Never really got around to it. I did that for a couple of them. Oh yeah. The first couple of Yules I added some more in. And then I, I just kind of hit all of the tropes and all of the things that I wanted to make fun of. Yeah. So, every time I see that th- that the holiday's coming up, I do jump in and go, okay, what else can I make fun of? Like, eh, uh, haven't seen any new horror movies yet. So, uh, one of these days, it's open. Starwed writes, uh, explicit numeric text when a monster heals itself, like when a monster's deleveled, would be nice to have all such actions called out like that. Plus, it might stop the naughty nurses bug reports. Yeah, for that second reason alone, I think that that's a pretty good idea. Um, and yeah, I, I think that I will probably do that. Uh, it will make it. It will mean I have to generalize uh, monster healing probably, but I think there's only like three or four monsters that heal themselves, so that's not that big of a deal. I'm lost as challenge path leaderboard rewards. It's not going to be like rewards. It's just going to be like a profile designator. And CD Moyer keeps bugging me about that too. I finally drew the things for it, and then I had Hot Stuff animate the little, the little uh, metal things. And I just say I need to do it. Um, King Stupid says, "Imagine, if you will, a boner, and that boner farting. It's pretty much the best thing." Uh, Where does the, uh, the butthole? Get in on that action. Yeah. This opened near where I live. Zombie Burger. Huh. You know, when I opened that link and looked at it, I thought, this is something that has to be in San Francisco. But it's mm-hmm. in Des Moines. It's in Des Moines, Iowa. Wow. Um, you know, the haunted house that we went to on Saturday uh, was divided into two sections. And the second section was a lot more open. You walked in and it was like there was a city street sort of built with like a like a couple of cars in there and some road barricades and some, you know, oil barrels and stuff like forming some barricades across it and a lot of zombies wandering around hmm. just sort of shambling up to you and making a lot of noise and stuff and it was it forced you to thread through some buildings where there was some stuff going on mostly just zombies fucking around as though they still work there or whatever. <laughs> um, and then at random, uh, we walked into a building where uh, the walls were painted black with like black light airbrushed, uh, horrible, grotesque clown uh, stuff all over them hmm. and a clown uh, welcoming us to the psycho circus and then <laughs> telling us to walk through this maze where there was nothing jumping out at you. It's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was sort of out of place in the middle of a uh, fairly well-realized uh, zombie apocalypse wander through. I don't know um, how frightening it would be. Like, I don't know how bad a zombie could scare me in a haunted house. Right? Because they're not, by definition, they're not going to jump out at you. They can't fuck with you, really. You know? Yeah. You're not afraid they they're going to bite you, you know? Yeah, it was it was atmospheric. Like I, haunted houses are so rarely genuinely scary. They are sometimes good at like startling you, but I don't. I don't really. I think that that's kind of a cheap way of being scary. 
Yeah. Right. The, the the ones that are good are the like violations of your expectations, right? And when they manage to pull that off, it's awesome, right? The hallway where you think somebody's going to jump out at you and they don't until just past where you're like, oh, it's weird that there wasn't a ah fuck out of somewhere else. Just past the the you know the, that thing, there was like a big coffin, and we walked into this room, and we were like, "Wonder at what point somebody's gonna jump out of that?" And then this creepy little girl crawls out from under the coffin. It's like, <laughs> "Fuck, that was not what I was expecting." That's kind of and rad. that made it awesome. Um, you know, there were there were a handful of things like that. There there was a there was an area in this haunted house in the in the first section which was very much like linear, fast, fast uh, sort of progression haunted house traditional style where uh, it was like outdoors it's like suddenly there's trees and like running water hmm. uh, like a sort of a rickety wooden bridge that you have to cross um, which was pretty impressive um, you know again atmospheric but not very scary I really liked the zombie part of it I thought it was really cool like I, I had never seen anything like that before and it was really well realized there was like part of it where you're walking through like an auto shop and there's a zombie, like, you know, wearing, like, a mechanic's outfit, just, like, shambling around in there. But there was also a another one chained to a radiator. Um, was it Christina sort Ricci? Of, hun- what? No, I'm sorry, continue. Hunched over with, like, a pretty convincing puddle of vomit underneath him huh. that you really had to carefully step around to get through there and he didn't do anything he just kept like sort of drooling and and slobbering while you were trying to make your way around him and not step in the puddle of puke nice and it was it was like wow that's uh, that's pretty disturbing it was i don't know i i thought it was good i mean you're right that zombies aren't scary it, you know like I, whether a guy dressed like a zombie isn't scary you know yeah the best zombie movies have managed the like the whole mindless horde people that you used to know but aren't themselves anymore the like encroaching doom that can't be avoided like that that can get pretty scary yeah but it's the it is the it is the relentlessness of it you know it's the it's the just inevitability of them eventually getting to where you are and it's like you can avoid them but you have to keep avoiding them forever yeah. Right. The, 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 the modern modern zombie movies take it in a different direction by making them fast. And I, you know, I almost feel like there should just be a different word for the kind of creature that that is. The yeah. fast zombie, you know. Yeah, it's a different. It makes them more in the vampire vein, where if there's one of them, then they can fuck you up. But not in the old school vampire vein, where like. You know, it's it's a more of a sort of a, a cerebral opponent, right? Yeah. The the kind of calm, dignified. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it, it's it is weird, like how we as video game nerds are like, yeah, well, of course there would be a different name for this like fast moving undead, even though they're pretty similar to zombies. I mean, eventually you get enough flesh missing from a zombie that it's like, oh yeah, that's a skeleton, right? But they're both just walking corpses, right? Right. A zombie's just more recognizably human and nobody is going to be like, whatever, the, the, that's a totally meaningful distinction as opposed to like, you know, skeleton versus lich or whatever, you nerd. <laughs> but I, I do think that a distinction between this, the shambling zombie and the fast zombie is... Like... 
that 28 days later they weren't even really zombies right like they were still alive yeah they were just people which you know everybody describes those as zombies yeah that was the same whereas uh... Walking Dead they are they can move fast and they are definitely dead hmm it would be kind of a cheat if they weren't wouldn't it in a show called Walking Dead Oh yeah, yeah. If they weren't dead, that would that would suck a little bit. Hey, did you hear? Uh, yeah, I'm sure you did, and didn't really care. Uh, new season of Arrested Development. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the corner of the internet I inhabit has had nothing else to talk about. No. Um, you know, I don't hate Arrested Development. Like that's really cool that that's going to happen. I like it when stuff like that happens. Um, like when they made a because- movie out of Firefly. Well, when they uncanceled Family Guy, for instance. Sure. Right? Like, I like it when people are able to make a thing happen against a, a, a decision by a corporation in that way. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I think Family Guy has been, like, crazy successful since being brought back. Yeah. Uh, let's see. RNG he hate me says would you consider making the requirements for gathering deep sauce that you have deep saucery perm not that you are a saucerer much like the seodes uh is that how it works do you only need the skill perm to get the seodes I would have thought that we did that consistently but I don't know yeah what have we ever yeah uh Lopi says any plan to combine a d6 with furry fur and make fuzzy dice that if two were used would do something to the meat car not like you could do anything at the moment but uh, I mean, there's already fuzzy dice in the game. We could just make fuzzy dice do something besides be a familiar larva, which people have mm-hmm. always. There, there's a subset of the forums that's always clamoring for that. Yeah, where do you, where do those fuzzy dice even come from? The shore. Are they like a shore? Yeah, the shore? a shore reward. So there are yeah. just layers of things that we feel are obsolete that are still there. Yeah. Azulian says, I was thinking today about the familiar cruelty that is my terrarium. It makes sense when you only have four or five that they all just hang out, but what about when you have 40 or 50? They're all just shoved in there, gasping for air, wrestling to get the top spot so they can stretch their legs? How cruel. After all, all right, carrying, uh, all that carrying aside, it seems like a good vector to work with. Thoughts? Considering your player base, even having a gift-like item to replace the terrarium, like different-looking ones, would probably be a big hit. I, you know, as much as it would be cool if your terrarium was like a big thing that you could look at and actually see your familiars in an environment, uh, there's no fucking way we're going to do that. Right. I um, imagine that it was a thing that was either way bigger than you're thinking it is to start with or expands. Yeah, it magically gets bigger. That's why it's so expensive. Because, I mean, like, the way that the way that the Kingdom of Loathing works, like, just finding an old abandoned fish tank or whatever would not cost the hundreds of meat that the store charges for a terrarium. I mean, uh, this terrarium is so expensive that it costs as least as much as a single tube of eyeliner. Yeah. The, um, there is a great picture of a familiar terrarium in the calendar this year. Yeah. The guy, uh, he drew a whole bunch of familiars in the terrarium and then decided that that looked kind of crowded and weird, so he put white borders around all of them and kind of flattened them a little bit and made it like a little diorama that familiar stickers are stuck on. Yeah, I, I did see that one and like it. It had, a, it had a Paper Mario kind of vibe to it. Yeah. That's actually my uh, desktop at the moment. Is what? That... 
uh, finally supplanted the Sabretooth Lime poster as my desktop for my That's computer. Cool. Um, I guess those calendars are for sale now. Everybody go buy a calendar. Yep. They're good. Also, he says, what type of question would it be if I didn't suggest some useless feature? Can you add a right-click option for tattoos? Uh, you know, I don't want to do a right-click option for tattoos, but one thing that I keep meaning to do is I keep meaning to have your tattoo show up on your character sheet and have it be clickable to go to your Manage Tattoos page. That is something I constantly find myself wanting because whenever I want to change my tattoo, I'm like, how the fuck do I change my tattoo? Like, wow, that is counterintuitive. Huh. Um... Because I think just having it show up on your character sheet in the same place that it shows up on your character profile is, like, not going to be in anybody's way of anything. And just having it be a thing in there that you can click on to change it, I think, is... You know what I mean? Maybe if you have a custom avatar, being able to click on your picture to go to the custom... to manage custom avatars would be useful, too. Like, I always like it when I can add interface elements without changing what a thing looks like, which, you know, obviously putting the tattoo on there is not like that, but... Uh, you know, just making it so there's things that you can click on, like, you know, that people can discover later, like the Ronin link taking you to Hank's, yeah. right? That's a handy shortcut to Hank's, so that whenever somebody's like, hey, give us a handy shortcut to Hank's, I'm like, already done, buddy. Uh, Raiden Gray says, I know this was touched on on Thursday, but I figured I'd ask to get a clearer answer. Will the two Mr. A familiars and Mr. Store be replaced in the first week of October like every other year, or will they be around until the switch over to the new model? They will be around until the switch over to the new model. That is what we have decided. Uh, the Dog Delusion says, Sorry to ask more questions, but this one occurred to me while I was listening to an older radio show and somebody asked something like, What do I get now that I've hardcore permed all the skills? What do you get the man who has everything? Have you considered putting a new store in Valhalla that will allow folks to buy stupidly expensive things with stupidly large amounts of saved karma? Uh, yeah, actually, that was going to be a launch feature of Valhalla, but I got nervous about it. Um, I didn't get nervous about it. I was, I was facing should this consist of crisis and then uh, partly a this is a feature that we could excise um, because you always have to excise features to get anything done anywhere near on time and we ended up with that deadline of the 15th when we decided on a challenge path schedule and had to stick to it so um, I like the idea of there being other stuff that you can buy with karma but I need to do it and I, and I think we basically arrived at a way for me to avoid the problem that I'm trying to avoid which is that that store only shows up after your like 10th ascension because what I don't want to do is put that in there and have people think like oh this is what I'm supposed to do with karma is save up for this familiar instead of perming skills because perming skills is what ascension is for mechanically right, right. like it is by far the best thing that you can do in order to experience the most of the game is perm skills as fast as you can with your karma as you're ascending so that you can just do more stuff and I don't want to give people the option to waste it because they don't know that perming skills is a better idea than like buying this random souvenir thing that doesn't do anything. Because if I'm going to put stuff in there, I'm going to make it random souvenir stuff that doesn't do anything. Um, and he says, it just seems that as more and more folks start perming everything possible, perhaps a karma sync will soon be in order. I am guessing that the number of people with every skill permed is still in the double digits. So I, I don't think that's like a serious concern. Psyche says, how long did you guys sit in front of the internet anagram server feeding phrases in to generate the sorceress's third form's attack messages? You did all those by hand, didn't you? A couple of them. I think we did a bunch that we started out with what we wanted to end with, and then, well, yeah. 
Well, no, they would have had to start with the first phrase. We did a, all of the final attacks. We wanted to end with some catchy phrase so that we took that and anagrammed it. The other ones were just kind of loopy. The Internet Anagram server is not really good for really long phrases. It's good for, like, jumping off points to go, like, yeah. oh, that word's in there. Okay, well, I can build something that makes sense around that. Yeah, and then you can do subsets of it to try to get... It's just, like, you either make it broad enough that it's going to contain a good idea but too many things for you to actually read, right. or narrow enough that you might as well have found that word yourself mm-hmm. in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, have you guys ever written a joke, says the Reba, that you thought was relatively mediocre, only to find out from the player base that it's super hilarious for a reason completely different from what you originally thought? Boy, I don't know about that. I'm sure. Uh, Raiden Gray writes, I have another question for the show. What are your feelings on the recent discontent with jewelry crafting? The arguments that seem, from the discussion at the very least, to be overwhelming. A quick overview so we're all on the same page. One, takes three turns per craft. Number two, need miss sign for tools. Number three, weak effects on the jewelry that can be acquired elsewhere now. Uh, there's also some argument about the settings costing too much and needing the skill, but those arguments make less sense as super advanced meat smithing also requires components that cost a thousand meat. What are your thoughts on the issue? Um, yeah, the the... Uh, the base stuff when we made when I initially made jewelry crafting those were like the only things that you could make with those enchantments on them and like we do with everything we make we're like oh what would be an interesting new enchantment we make a new a new enchantment that's interesting and then 500 items later we're like Ugh, what can I do that's not just the same old stuff on this item and then we use that enchantment again and so you know stuff like the whips you know the reason that the whips are such low power is because at the time that those whips were made that was the only item in that slot with that enchantment and that's just not true anymore because we really like lost that kind of identity of like these are the kinds of enchantments that can go on these kinds of items right except maybe with pants Right, because there's still like every once in a while I'll do some pants or something out there. Like, whoa, that's the only pair of pants that has ever had that enchantment on it. That's weird. Um, and then I'm like, well, why is that weird? You know, it's just weird because you're not used to it. What did we do? Something recently, the pants with some plus physical damage on them or something. Um, I wrote on there was a notebook that I had that maybe four years ago I started writing jewelry crafting revamp. <laughs> Uh, because the the recent discontent is probably just a mirror of the almost immediate discontent that I had with the system. You know, like, I just don't think it's a thing that many people do. It's a thing that they, they don't really play with, necessarily. And, you know, meatsmithing is, is similar in that regard. Oh, this is, there are probably some things that you smith and run now, but it's like... <sighs> I think a problem with crafting skills in an MMO in general is that the ones that create a permanent thing are just not going to be as interesting as the ones that create consumables, right? They're not going to be as dynamic. They're not going to see as much use. Cooking are cool and nobody ever says they're underwhelming or discontent creating or broken or anything because, you know, it's like you make stuff and you use it and it's awesome. With the gear, it's like, oh, okay, I've made this once. Now I never have to do that again in all the months and years that I'm going to be playing this character. Like, I've already got that. So it's like, oh, jewelry crafting. That's a thing I haven't thought about in a long time. 
Um, you know, every once in a while, we'll put a new jewel in and use jewelry crafting to make it into something. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, maybe the three turns per crafting could go away. We could make it take five turns per crafting. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, Lightwolf says, was the feral kobold the Easter egg you were talking about with the dice liver that you thought wouldn't be found for a while, or is there still one left? I believe that's everything. <laughs> Mythcaptor says, have you ever considered an item that gives custom tattoos? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> Man, I hate drawing tattoo art. I don't know why. Yeah, Lightwolf points that out. Well, it would combine what you love about drawing tattoo art with what you love about custom avatars. Yeah. Uh, so it would combine nothing with nothing. Exactly. Digibriel says, what are your thoughts on the dynamic between humor and a fleshed-out KOL mythology? A lot of background info on stuff like pork elves, relevant NPCs, etc. could be fleshed out, and some players would really like that. On the other hand, it might compromise funny, since once you expand on stuff like that, you might find yourself taking a consistent KOL history very seriously to keep those players happy. Is this something you think-slash-talk about? Is expanding the narrative of the Kingdom of Loathing something that could or must go hand-in-hand with more game content? I mean, we're... you know. It's such an absurd world that the the consistency is less a thing that we're required to do than a thing that we do because it's funny. You know, like dancing increases item drops. And so it's like, all right, well, I guess I know at least some basis for how I need to describe this thing, this effect of this familiar that, that increases item drops, right? And it's like a convenient shorthand for us rather than a thing that we're bound to. Because also, you know, I'm sure there are things that are sticky and increase item drops, and I'm sure there are things that improve your vision that increase item drops, right? They do, yes. Uh, I uh, well, You know... We have a... From way back in the day, we have a really skeletal outline of just, like, the ages of KOL. Like, we had the, the list of kings in the days of yore. There's... And we, we keep expanding in either direction. I don't know. It seems like that's something that we do just enough. Like making yep. the when we put the holidays in, we had the hermit be the Viva La Revolution guy, and putting the pork elves on the moon, that kind of There's thing. There's almost never anything that one of us starts to write or suggests that the others of us are like, no, 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 wait, that doesn't fit with this other thing that was done, right? Because it's like when the pork elves are they consist entirely of whichever jokes we've written about elves in the past right and it's like there are some things that are consistent but it's not like I don't know is there ever a point where is there a point that you can remember where I've done something where you were like ah that's not how I imagined that to be and you were like annoyed by it Uh, there was the coffee thermos right Right, right. That's mostly... Occasionally there are jokes that only I know exist. That running gag about how there is no coffee. Yeah, and then every the cake... People were surprised by that lyric. apple sticker because not having apples in the game was like a... Yeah. Um, but I mean, me forgetting to put... Me not realizing that every cake item had a cake lyric in it yeah. was just like an oversight, right? Like, that's... But you'll like the KOL comic. The Gibral. Because it... It, uh, I wouldn't say that it kind of normalizes the world a little bit, but it just doesn't cover some of the 
more goofy aspects of it. Yeah, it, it only takes the aspects of it that make for a comprehensible story, right? Yeah, and it has a. It is entirely about providing a bit of backstory that people haven't seen yet. Uh, Mistress Chloe says, "Will there ever be more tiny plastics available in the KOL store? The ones that are, that are there don't appeal to me too much since they're not massively game relevant. But I'd love a tiny plastic naughty sorceress, tiny plastic character class, and so on. No, I don't think that I will ever uh, get involved in the process of manufacturing any more toys ever in my life because that was just not not something I was interested in. You got to imagine that it's easier to do now. Think, well, like." Everything on the internet is easier to do now than it was. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's true. I don't know. I mean, but I, I guess do think there it has would been be of time has passed between now and then. But well, like just like printing a comic book is way easier than it would have been several years ago. The yeah. things that like merchandise we wanted to do that we couldn't even find anybody that would, that were doing it back then, and now they do. So yeah, yeah maybe maybe uh, you know somebody would three D print them up for us or something. I kind of think that well, I have no idea what the stick figures would look like in a three dimensional form, like whether they would look good or not, and whether they would be even capable of supporting themselves. Yeah, they'd be fragile as shit. And you think about what the naughty sorceress looks like. She kind of looks does like she a bitch. Like a bitch. She does. Uh, Lord Bichelot says, are there actually undiscovered smithing recipes associated with the Duke feathers, or are they just labeled as a meat smithing ingredients for some other purpose, like the fact that they're in chef's staves? No, they're labeled as meat smithing ingredients because that was what I was eventually going to do with them, but then we never did. Hmm. Uh, Kitten that eats babies, right? Since meat isn't the only currency in the game, perhaps we could have an option in the options menu to show hobo nickels, sand dollars, etc. under the meat counter. That way those of us who have massive bloated inventories wouldn't have to go through all of our stuff to find out how much of each respective currency we have. Maybe even some temp options for the holidays. Huh, I wonder... What if that's the kind of thing that I could put in, like, a mouse over on the meat? Because we can check inventory for free now, because it's cached. So, actually giving giving people access to that information is... That's this, uh... That gets me thinking. I don't know about an option to make it show up there instead. I mean, you know, there's karma or whatever. But I wouldn't like, oh, so if your last adventure was in the sea, it shows sand dollars instead of meat. I wouldn't do that, right? Like, when you're in Valhalla, you can only spend karma. You can't spend meat. Uh, Man Shrimp writes, now that Crapo Bapo is in the Urban Dictionary, don't you feel that it's a design imperative to have it plugged into the game as as fast as possible? (laughs) No. I think we Uh, should just... What? We should use Urban Dictionary as our inspiration for everything we do. I mean, Crapo Bapo is in Urban Dictionary because Nightmare put Crapo Bapo in Urban Dictionary. Right. Uh, go give that a thumbs up, everybody. Make it real. Make it a real thing. Uh, with Halos, Mosefa and fisting is becoming very popular as a gameplay mechanic. What are your thoughts on that, and do you think it's something worth catering to in the future? I don't know. Um, you know, I don't want to... I'm, I'm probably not going to, in future, like, items of the month or content rollouts, like, think, oh, and this is something for people doing way of the surprising fist runs, you know, like, because it's that's eventually going to be a, a, a legacy thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
Fred Levi says, how about instead of having a challenge path that has to coexist with Crimbo content, the challenge path is the Crimbo content. I call it toy to the world. And then idea, idea, idea. Um, with toys. No, I don't think I don't think so, because the that challenge path is coming way sooner than Crimbo will have to. Uh, Warbrissa says, so there have been a few forum uh, purchase advice threads lately about the hipster and the hat rack. About the hipster. Do you think you'll ever do another familiar that provides turn-free fights, or do you envision the aspect of the hipster becoming less important as you continue to deal with delay? Uh, is that even a thing anymore? I guess it is. Um... The Hat Rack, did you expect it to become as important as it has to the hardcore speed game? Do you think you'll release a similar Super Fairy anytime soon? A Super Fairy? Did we accidentally release a super important fairy? Oh, was that Spangly Sombrero, huh? Yeah. Uh, these are mostly curiosity questions, although there's an element of self-interest as I've resisted using either Hashling for a while, but I'm beginning to weaken, so I hope I don't sound like I'm questioning your competence or anything. Just keep up the good work. I mean, everybody, when they talk about the speed game, sounds like they're questioning our competence. I mean, if that is a thing that people want to have replaced about the hipster, then I'd be glad to have a thing to do in a new familiar that will make people happy in that regard. Um, yeah, hat rack, man, I don't know. I don't know what the costs are associated with getting that thing on the hat rack now. It's just like, it's, it's only in the hardcore speed game, so apparently there are pulls that are more valuable than that, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how it's used, so I don't know. Uh, it started, says Whack, and Scully is drunk. Are you drunk? That's really bizarre. It's a strange thing to say. I don't know. Sometimes it's harder for me to articulate than other times, but I have been nursing a single beer that I started drinking when we started the show. Is it a, like, 400-proof uh, beer? Nope, just a Newcastle. So I, got, I wasn't drunk when the show started. I'm not drunk now. Wack was suggesting a tiny plastic jicks butt. And maybe it is you, Wack, who is drunk. Uh, let's see. Ligorio writes, uh, For the mall, a captcha to confirm pricing stuff you sell that are ultra-rares, items of the month, etc. Terrible stories of people throwing away 10 bucks for 10,000 meat and stuff. How would a captcha stop that from happening? There should be like three checkboxes. Yeah, and a pop-up. Um, you know, it sucks when that happens, but I am not willing to make the mall inconvenient for everyone to use to protect people from themselves in making mistakes like that. You know, I, I guess it's possible that, like, we could turn on a feature. We could say, here's a feature that you can turn on that is, let me know if I put something in the mall that is less than half of the lowest price or whatever right because I guess it, the interface knows that um, but yeah I don't know I mean who knows who that would irritate uh, I think I need to go and get this item of the month uh, make sure this item of the month is ready to roll what do you think oh. about that plan Mr. Skullhead I think that's an excellent plan enjoy the item of the month and uh, I'm going to go drink a fifth of gin Nice. I'm not going to do that. 